0: Hi, it's Edumacation Andy from the Edumacation Podcast, and you're listening to We Are Not Here to Please You.
1: Robotics and your masturbation bring you new like information, business, finance, bounty, master, rapiano.
0: That fracking cat. But
1: nothing else matters. We are not here to please you. We are not here
0: to please you.
2: Hello, welcome to. (laughs) Damn you. Hello and welcome to We Are Not Here to Please Show. It, sure, it brings you fact like information every Wednesday. Okay, in this case, well, Thursday, but who gives a crap? Yes, I'm of course Rafael, and with me this time is not that fracking cat. Just the guy that tries to keep distracting me with the. What? Okay. With us is, of course, from California Stance podcast, Dr. Scree, the, who's miming very immature gestures. How are you doing, Mr. I, Squee?
3: I don't know what you're talking about, Raph. I was just sitting here waiting for, you, waiting for you to introduce me. I don't know what fever dreams you're having.
2: So what What was that kind of chest, uh, spray motion, boob motion?
3: Raph, are you feeling okay? I, d- <laughs> I didn't do anything. I don't know. I'm sorry, listeners. I think he's having a breakdown. I, I've, I've been worried for a while to be honest with <laughs> you.
2: Okay, first addressing, yes, we, well, bit well, off air, well, well, life comes sometimes in between, what you gonna do, and yes, as you notice, Dr. Squee is not that fracking cat, because, well, life happens also there. Can you believe well,
3: it? What was that sentence? I was don't know, any, what, I, I like, don't, I don't think know, it was one. You sometimes with life happens, you know what, he's not rap- that fracking cat, Raphael, hello, Tuesday, I, what? Yeah, that there was a sentence in there somewhere, I'm sure. Now, I'm
2: usually just taking a cup with random words, you know, scrambling it and just see whatever comes out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
3: <laughs> so, how's it been, Brett? Like, uh, yeah, are you going to talk to the listener about what has, why kind of you've been off air for a few weeks or just kind of glaze past it?
2: Um, for now, I will glaze past it because there's still a few things to be figured out, and so. But well, yeah, I will. We we'll leave it this. Usually, I kind of pull the curtain back, play it pretty open. But you know, sometimes you need to work
3: shit first out
2: before you can talk about it.
3: Sure, we'll just call it furious masturbation and say no more about it.
2: I told you not to tell that. God damn it! You damn know.
3: It, sir. Well, oh. I didn't. So I didn't mention the dildo up your ass. I mean, as we speak, which is a bit distracting while we're talking, by the way.
2: I so thought you can hear the, the buzzing. Well, I, I, can yeah, kind of, yeah. I kind of take it like a few, you know, like levers down that it's not as noisy.
3: I mean, I thought after you took the first two out, that was it. But uh, there was a third of them.
2: Come on. Free is a crowd and it makes fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, did you know that that fracking cat is uh, apparently he has to serve jury duty next week?
3: Okay. Um, what, what, what? I mean, you say jury duty is that our tactful way of saying that he's in court?
2: Yeah, it's called jury duty.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Have the fuzz just have the fuzz just caught up with him?
2: <laughs> no, uh, he's sitting on the side where he can't get put behind
3: bars. I'm just checking. Like, you never know. what Trump's passed now? You know, it's like uh, uh, he's an Indian and gay. That that combo's not allowed.
2: Uh, and, and I also have to say that Thanksgiving was just, so maybe he was defending his land and maybe he was measures that the law didn't agree with.
3: I, I think the laws never agreed with Indians as far as I could tell in America.
2: Well, that's why he has machetes and guns in his house. He, I think I, I saw a video where he kind of boarded up the windows and, you know, just was like, you know, in the in the boards that he can shoot out.
3: I, mean, I I just love like uh, countries like America and Canada who've got uh, uh, Canada, I believe it's uh, First Nationers, and America, it's Native Americans, like native to the country. And every time when they've got a title like that, they are second-class citizens <laughs> in their own country. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's ironically like being the first there, but being second-class citizen, uh, citizens.
3: Yeah, you're Native Americans, we're visitors, so obviously we will rule the place, you know, don't get us wrong.
2: Yeah, I wonder who started that whole thing.
3: Yeah, I believe it was the Germans, that's <laughs> what I heard anyway. That's <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you have something like the first ones, the originals, or the native England?
3: <laughs> I, look, I just remember us. Giving democracy in our language to the world. I mean, they may not have wanted it, wait, time, wait, mo- but we gave it to them anyway.
2: Did you say democracy or mo- monarchy?
3: And we like to think of it as the same thing. Many have disagreed with us over the years, but it's fine, we slaughtered them. It was okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course it's the same, I mean, only because there are two completely different words doesn't mean it's not the same.
3: I mean, look, slaughtering people, enslaving them, uh, maybe rounding up in camps. Oh sorry, no no I've I've skipped from my people to some, some other people which we won't mention, A hey, rat.
2: Are you, you mean North North Korea?
3: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, with Kim Young unimpressive.
3: <laughs> Kim Young <Jong-un> unimpressive.
0: What?
2: <laughs> okay, do you really think there is gonna be a war between these two countries of uh, the United States and North Korea? Do you actually think... Because basically on one side you have a egotistical maniac. Wait, that, wait, where, uh, on, uh, on the other and side. And on the other
3: side you've got Kim Jong-un. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where you're going with that joke. But, you know, let me just guess.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, you're frozen again.
3: Let it go. Oh. Let it go.
2: I didn't... didn't frozen not being By the way, they totally, again, like make the... Ballistic tests and apparently now they can hit any place in the United States.
3: (laughs) G'day! Thank God you haven't got anyone in the White House who's going to stir stuff up and maybe get people against them.
2: Yeah, that's good luck. um, Is there something like, you know, like a kid gating on like Twitter, you know, how you have it on Netflix that they can't access certain parts or like in... A certain president's case that he can only retweets but not can't reply
3: yeah i mean it's uh oh yeah i don't know i'm just, I, I just it's when he starts uh retweeting stuff it's like he waves his dick in other countries as well he's not happy with fucking everything up for his own country he's also then going to retweet people retweet people from britain first from uh, our country, like our far far, far, far far right wing nutters on the internet, he's going to retweet them and go, Ah, look, Britain, come on, I'm, I'm retweeting your stuff. No, leave us the fuck out of it. Uh, that was this anti-Muslim thing. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's all kind of like very uh, set up shots. There's no proof that any of these people are Muslims in the, the videos. That wherever he says that, wherever they say they're, they're happening, they're not. It's all load right of bullshit. And he's retweeting it going, like, uh, you got a problem, Britain. And we're going, no, fuck off. No, 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 no. <laughs> even Tareepa B, who is a fuckwit, has managed to say, it's like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why you're retweeting He's going, well, take care of your Muslim problem first. Like, we haven't got one. We're good.
2: <laughs> I kind of love it when like, some people then write smart things, like people that are against the travel ban are the people that want the terrorists come here. Exactly. That is. Come on. Okay. I dare you. I dare you to take that argument apart. It's waterproof.
3: I mean, my 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 fear is we've had so many years of progress, uh, in the Western world in general towards uh, equal rights for all people, towards uh, accepting different races, sexes, creeds. We've kind of uh, done a lot to save our planet. I'm worried we're going to have an Unsafe Planet, which uh, coincidentally is the name of the Christmas play from Gallifrey Stands this year, Doctor Who and the Unsafe Planet, out on the 20th of December, uh, which I won't be overly or shamelessly plugging on this broadcast, by the way. Raph. I'm very offended you think I would. Um, but I'm just worried we'll have an Unsafe Planet, much like the title of my play. That's all I'm worried about.
2: <laughs> How smooth. And by the way, what's
3: me, what's me, I'm talking about world politics, I don't know what you're going on about that.
2: <laughs> uh, so you agree with Trump, that's what you're saying.
3: 20th of December, the unsafe. <laughs> sorry, what, sorry, Trump, no, 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 fuck with, fuck
2: You know what, let's just play the traitor.
3: The traitor for what, sorry, for Donald Trump? Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> That's weird.
1: Come this Christmas, from the Gallifrey Stands podcast, Doctor Who, the unsaved planet.
0: The planet Olak, in the Kaznar system. They were at civil war for 15 years when we visited. So, why return now? Exactly.
3: We save them, we move on.
0: Fine. I promised it was your choice. Welcome to the Aalik Alliance. Are you here to help us? <sighs> ah. I'm so sorry I didn't realize it was the Doctor. I was rushed into here so fast. I'm sorry I talked out of turn. Please, don't hurt me again. I am President Wash. I heard of the TARDIS landing and I had to meet the man and woman who united our people, Doctor. Why the visit now? My companion Orla just wanted to revisit the planet. See how it did after the peace process. Peace is a great and precious gift, but sadly, some do not see it as so. There is a small group who live in the West who cling to the old ways, and it can get quite dangerous. Welcome
3: to the Resistance. I'm sorry to say we're not all doing as well as you might think. Rebellion is too weak. It won't survive this. Then we die trying.
0: Already attacks on aliens across the planet are on the rise. I will not allow my friend to be in danger, to be put in the middle of your underground war. We only want peace for our world. They want to see it at war again.
3: So many have died for the president to live in luxury,
0: and
1: the people don't even know it. This is tyranny, and it must end. You won't get away with this.
0: Oh, but don't you see? We already have. We are as one, with me as its leader. Pure, no aliens tainting our blood. And I will be as if a god!
3: Dying Dr. Squeeze the Doctor, with Joy Johns as President Wash. With Michelle Sewell, Adam Manning, Simon Potast, Brendan Guiley, and featuring Kevin Smith. Glad to be here. Ralph Garman.
0: Yeah, can someone get me another
3: Jack Daniels? Yiji Cho.
0: Death to the alien scum.
3: Bethany Black. Thank you, sir. With special introductions by Matt Lucas and Katie Manning. And with a full cast. So what now? You kill us all and blame the rebels? Doctor! <laughs> Doctor Who The Unsafe Planet is recorded in support of Stonewall. Please go to justgiving.com forward slash theunsafeplanet and give whatever you can. The play is released 20th of December 2017. On gallifreystandspodcast.com, the EMC Network, the Tangent Bound Network, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher and YouTube.com. I mean, uh, Raph, I don't know why you suddenly decided to play the trailer. Thank you for that. That was really generous of you. I, I didn't know we were finished with world politics. I wasn't going to force this onto to the subject of my play coming out on 20th December, Doctor Who, the Unsafe Planet. I know you didn't
2: even know I had that one. I mean, like, I mean, I kind of, I kind of have to admit, I maybe have hacked into your PC, stolen that file,
3: or taken it off YouTube where it's available for re-listening to if any of your listeners want to enjoy it again. Just saying. <laughs>
2: And they of course just have to uh, write in there. Doctor Who,
3: the unsafe
2: planet. I assume.
3: Yeah, yeah, just Doctor Who, the unsafe planet will come up. The it gave me some sort of bullshit uh, YouTube channel name. Well, yeah, you call it whatever you like. But the link to it, unless you uh, are a big thing like uh, netheads or um, oh, sorry, yeah, uh, oh, like like Kevin Smith or a celebrity or like that, they get their own personalised channel which mm. you can go straight like youtube slash kevin smith that's if you're me you get slash o one p nine q r z whatever that's a great name i mean why are you
2: complaining It kind of roads
3: of the time exactly it's uh yeah you don't get personalized unless you're one of the big boys uh,
2: what does it need these days to be big boys are there anyway anymore are we go- well, going to get to that back uh, later what, uh, I mean,
3: what? yeah, you have to be a big hitter like Kevin Smith, who coincidentally features in my play, Doctor The Unsafe Planet, which is available on 20th December from the Galifrey Stands podcast and on YouTube.
2: <laughs> what a shameless plug. No, but who else is yeah, in there? Tell yeah, us what more.
3: shameless plug. I know what you're talking about.
2: But tell us more about that play. I mean, like you have been doing that now, I think, for the third year running.
3: Yeah, it's a uh, third year that we've done it. Uh, I write, uh, direct and uh, produce and star in these plays because um, I've got an ego. And basically, uh, first year I just started doing it as a bit of fun and some suggested we do it to raise money for charity. So each year we picked a different charity. Last year's charity, which was Pancreatic Cancer UK, uh, including gift aid, uh, which is something we have in the UK where the government gives you the tax back, yeah. we raised almost uh 400 pounds and this year we hope to like beat that uh we've uh basically what i do is i gather a local cast uh from around the uk uh, mostly in my area of the uk and then i get celebrities at different uh conventions and i write to them on uh you know across the internet and i try and get celebrities to do special cameos so this year we've really actually done spectacularly well because we've got yeah as i say kevin smith uh, writer, director, actor, podcaster, everything else. Uh, Ralph Garman, who does voices every week on Family Guy, he also I, does podcasts with Kevin Smith.
2: I want to interrupt your uh, Short, because that was the the great thing with the um, cameo of Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman was that they actually recorded this that cameo on a live show of their show, Hollywood Babylon, and it was hilarious.
3: Yeah, they did like 10-minute chunk uh going through these like they had a couple lines each playing themselves on this fictional chat show Mm. and uh they did yeah a big chunk just chatting about this and uh pissing about doing the lines and having a good laugh and it was just oh like as somebody wrote those lines it was just a dream come true having them not only perform them on their podcast but also have a good laugh with it and um and talk about the play a bit It, it was just really spectacular uh but we also got, like i mean matt lucas i don't know if uh he, he's made it to Finland at all. Raph? Right.
2: I'm not quite sure. I'll refresh my memory. Because I'm right. home, Matt but
3: is, is one of the couple of people behind Little Britain, ah. which is a fantastically funny show over here. In the last series of Doctor Who, played Nardol, which is one of the Doctor's companions. He's been in Les Miserables over here. He's uh, done so many TV shows and films. He's a fantastically funny and talented comedian and actor, and a great actor as well. He can do straight stuff as well. And uh, so I wrote to him on Twitter, he very kindly agreed to do an introduction to the play and talk about the charity this year, which is Stonewall, um, and that uh, Stonewall uh, stands for exception without exception, and they campaign for LGBT rights around the world. So uh, it's basically about education and about like places where people aren't free to be themselves, so a place where it isn't okay to be gay. They uh, go into schools and, uh, you know, try and reduce the horrific rates of uh, suicide amongst uh, teenagers and children who are gay. And uh, they do some really spectacular work. So as well as uh, doing this play, uh, I really do like even if you're not listening to the play, even if you're not a fan of Dog 2, please do listen to the play. But even if you don't, please go to justgiving.com forward slash the unsaved planet and you can give some uh, some money towards this fantastic cause
2: Yeah, so basically um, if you're against yeah. bigotry, hatred and uh, just go there and give because this is one thing what this podcast always stand, stood for inclusion for ed, whatever kind of misfit you are or whatever you like or whoever you are that is okay just we're all going to have a good laugh that's mm-hmm. what should matter in the world and I think that's a good thing that they are fighting to make it easier for people in regions where they can't just have a laugh about it
3: yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's very hard to have a laugh when you feel like you can't be yourself. And uh, they're trying to make it so everyone can be. I, I think it's f- spectacular. Every year I've tried to do a different charity which relates to someone in the cast. So the first year, it's Ronald McDonald House, which puts up families of people who uh, have kids in hospital. So uh, one of my cast had their own child in hospital at the time. Hospital Last or hospital? Last year it
2: was... Sorry? Hospital or hospit? I mean, are we talking about... Hospital. Oh, okay. It's on a
3: hosp- It's at hospital. Okay. So my friend's son was having heart surgery. And the one thing you don't want to think about at a time like that is going home and uh, getting oh, no. back to the hospital yeah. or getting somewhere to get changed or cook a meal. All that is available at Ronald McDonald House. It's a great charity. Last year, it was pancreatic cancer because my dad died of it uh, 10 years ago now. And the mortality rate for that hasn't changed in 30 years. And this year... Uh, Stonewall, quite frankly, because uh well, for me personally, I feel like I'm I owe so much to the gay community for all the art, all the inventions, all the music, uh, all the actors, all these wonderful people they produced who have bettered our lives. But also, uh, to be honest with you, half of my cast is gay. <laughs> so it's like it's something which kind of could have affected so many of my friends, and so many of them have had hardship in their lives just because of who they love and that's fucking pathetic and that shouldn't be the case so um so this one really hits personal to me as well as to a lot of my cast members uh and uh when i was writing the play this year i wanted to do something which was a little bit politically minded so there's a lot of echoes of world politics in it i I won't say what it echoes because listen to it and see what you think because uh, many people have pulled different stuff out some of which i didn't intend like they're going oh i love that north korea bit go yeah, sure. sure. I loved that too. That was one of my favorite bit I have no idea. Nothing about North Korea was written really into it. But people found parallels. And I get, when they explained to me, I was like, shit, that's good. I wish I had thought of that, you know. Um, well, that's how you know, art
2: they, works. That's how art should work. It, there sh- should always be room for interpretation that you can get your own experience, your unique experience out of it. If it's just completely linear in the sense that it has no wiggle room, then it's too much on the nose. Then it's not a good ride.
3: Yeah, I mean, just for me, it was kind of – it's funny, listening back to it, how uh, it's about, like, just to give a very brief synopsis, basically it's about the Doctor and his companions returning to the first world uh, that he visited with one of his companions, and where they saved the planet, like, things have gone awry. Like, to begin with, on the surface, it looks okay, but the Doctor senses something's up, and uh, it turns out, like, Aliens aren't being treated, maybe, as they should be. And it's, there is a kind of a big chunk of exception and people being accepted in the play. And I realized how kind of like it works as an allegory for the gay community as well as, and how they're sometimes treated. Um, so I was really pleased with this story. I was really pleased that it kind of if you just take it on the surface, it's a good fun play, I hope. And uh, it's been enjoyable on that front. But if you look at some of the kind of political parallels and some of the uh, parallels for our time, I'm quite pleased with that as well. So I don't usually like to get as weighty with the plays. Like usually it's pretty much just fun. But this one, I really want to to delve a bit deeper and like push myself a bit more. So uh, I'm very pleased with this one. Like all the returning cast, which I've had in previous years, have given their best performances. People who are new to the play this year have blown my socks off. It's uh sorry, like me, yeah, I mean I've been i I, I was okay this time, you know i i have gone from sucking to being okay, everyone else was great, uh no no i i I am very, very proud of this one, I think it's uh real cut above. um and this wait, time wait, I, you heard the...
2: yeah, and this time, I only needed one take for my major role in this play,
3: yeah, uh, two words said underneath someone at uh, some other people <laughs> as well, hey but... and oh no, 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 you did get two two words of your own. Yeah, in the background later.
2: Yeah, it's different than last time when I had to take re records Okay.
3: Well, last last year I was full enough to give you a part. No, 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 you're great, master. Yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, mean, um, I I loved especially like how you make the character so different for me. I saw that because it was a sarcastic orderly, a German sarcastic <laughs> orderly. I mean, like it it was interesting just to stretch my acting muscles there.
3: Speaking of which. You know, I, I, tried for, I tried to write something for you last year, which was yeah, yeah. And that completely was in your wheelhouse, truck. completely appealed yeah. to who you are. Uh, this year, I tried to reach out to, to Kitty. I wrote it uh, like the charity Stonewall. Mm-hmm. I wrote it on a planet where the people have red faces. Like, if, could I have done more mm-hmm. to, to reach out to him and his different people? <laughs> and
2: he still didn't record a what part. You, what do you mean, different people? <laughs> well, red-faced
3: people and gays. Come on, they're, they're two different types. <laughs> like, so, so I reached out to both of his community and he still didn't record me a part. I mean, geez, what more do I have to do?
2: Well, as long as I get every time a little
3: part, I'm fine with that. <laughs> we'll see. I, I can never promise it. Depends no, on I mean, I, I'm but I a slave ex- my art.
2: I didn't expect it anything this year because last year I had several lines. I think at least seven or eight lines. So it was a mini part. So it was a character. So and I was fine with that.
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, this year we've got a new guy doing the music. The last guy was, was fantastic. It's just uh, on a slightly different feel to it this year. And uh, my friend Matt Leeds is done all the music. Yeah. And it's fantastic. He did that music to the that funky can tune to the trailer. How do the music how he's done for the actual play is is stunning. It really is like he should, sometimes he's just put a little beat underneath something someone's saying.
2: Yeah, plug
3: Yes, this person saying is evil. And it just, it's genius. It's just so subtle, but it just lifts everything.
2: Where can they find him?
3: Oh, Matt Lee's, if you go to the Legend in My Spare Time podcast, he uh, is one of the two hosts of that. It's his podcast. He's fantastic. Uh, Matt Lee's music, I'm sure, is something somewhere. I know he does record music under Matt Lee's music. He plays live sometimes. Uh, and you can find him in Wales. And he's Canadian. He's a Canadian in Wales. He was Canadian.
2: How does it sound when he pronounces Welsh words? Because that's...
3: He pronounces everything in Canadian. Like his voice is Canadian. He was born in Wales, grew up in Canada and then came back here.
2: All right. So he's a polite drunk.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, He's no, one Matt of Lees, the few he, that... He, he's a legend. He, yeah. I mean, pun the pun, but he's a legend. Not only does he do the music for him, which is great, he also uh, had a part in this year. Because uh, I, I purposely wrote a part for him because uh, even before he was going to be doing the music, because he was a DJ over in Camden, and he's done some DJing and done some music over here. And uh, so I wrote the part, Sleazy because he's Matt Lees, he's known as Leesy. Yeah. So I kind of did a little bit of play on his name. And he's now, uh, so he's, he's, he plays a DJ within the play as well, which is kind of fun. Uh, but I just, yeah, it, it's really great. Everyone was wonderful this year, especially.
2: What was your favorite part of this year's endeavor? Because there's always problems. I mean, there's always a lot to do, but there's always fun parts.
3: I think uh, it was kind of, I mean, rehearsing it was great fun because uh, I had, biggest cast this year but everyone was really kind of dialed in but we did have such good love doing it when we're in the studio uh the guy said whoa this is like double of what we usually get in the studio and this is certainly the most people we've ever had in the studio recording at the same time and uh everyone was just so good humoured about it though it's like uh when people died in as part of the play spoilers but some people die in the play uh, we were going inside, like, saying, oh, you lucky bastard, you're dead. You get to leave the sweat chamber and go outside because you've got to go <laughs> be in a recording bit. And then you've got some sofas outside in the recording studio because uh, we did go into a recording studio to do this. This is all very professionally done. Uh, we take pride in. Uh, and yes, yeah, so whenever someone died and didn't have to go back in there for a lot while, we, we were like, oh, you bastard. Oh, why can't I be dead? Why have I got to make?" Main-
2: Wait, at least then you should punish them that they have to get you all lunch. You know, that they have to make the lunch run. Now you don't have to sweat anymore, but get us food.
3: Lunch run? What kind of operation do you think I'm, I'm doing? This was a sweatshop. You come in, <laughs> you do your lines, you fuck off. No, uh, we we had like four hours to try and get through it twice. We got through it once and a half. First time I made sure, made sure we got everything we needed. Hmm. And then the second time was just pick some up. backup. Yeah, pick up. up. Uh, Well, no, no, it was just to to try and run through as much as we can. So the first time we were stopping and starting, second time I just wanted to run it through as far as we could get. Uh, And uh, it it really is – I mean, there there are literally some bits where I was listening back and the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up because the performances were so great. I got so lucky with the fact that uh, I've lived in the place I live now for the last year, and uh, I moved in with a great couple of people, and one of them, Joy John's, uh, is in the play – turns out she was she used to do uh, drama and i got her to read one of the parts and she is stunning she's uh this character called president wash who is uh this yeah you, know, you you may have got from the trailer may not be the nicest character but on the surface she's very nice so she's all she's got this kind of uh, my friends uh, my housemate's american and she does this southern charm voice very well it's like hi y'all how are you doing now like welcome in you know so nice and then the second she's playing an evil like the second no one's listening to the character she's like right how the fuck are we gonna murder these evil rebels you know it's, and the way she does those two is stunning it, it's uh it really blew my socks, up, socks off and there's a particular villain speech which she gives which just gets me every time so uh yeah i think yeah so i think the, the most fun thing was just everyone involved and how everyone was there to be professional and to do the job, but everyone had to laugh as well, which is a kind of really special mix. Like when I had to get to a point where people were um, not screwing about too much, but you know what I mean, when everyone was laughing and we needed to get on with it, I was like, look, sorry, guys, we're going to have to get going. With People just switch back into kind of work mode like that. And you're very lucky if you've got a kind of uh, a group of people who can switch between the two so readily.
2: So you think it's gotten easier now that it's your third year, that you have more experience, and also worked with several of the people already before?
3: Completely. I mean, uh, I'm very lucky that I know quite a lot of my customers. Yeah, you know, previously, some of them I've just—I literally put a thing out to to Facebook this year saying, "We need a couple of parts. Is there anyone who'd be interested?" And I just got so many replies. People were tagging in their friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some people I didn't know before this, or didn't know very well, certainly. And uh, they were amazing. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it got to a point where. Do You the, needed to buy a uh, casting couch. Sorry? It got to a
2: point where you needed a casting couch.
3: Raph, I've told you, I don't need you to do that. <laughs> but, anyway, it it got to a point where I was. Uh, um, oh, shit, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Uh,
2: that they, oh, yeah,
3: things have got better. Yeah. The special effects were taking a little while. I was speaking to the guy and he said, "Oh, sorry, I'm having some real problems with my computer." And his computer died. We we're like five scenes away from the end. Even last year, that would have been a nightmare, and I would have been really scrambling to work out what I was doing. But basically, as we've done them every year, I've done a few more of the effects myself to, to lighten his load because it takes forever to, to send back and forth. And even when he puts the, like, I have to write a list of what effects I want where, so I have to really listen to it send it off and maybe something doesn't sound right or there's something which i haven't realized oh actually we could do this here but you only realize it when you get it back with most of the effects in place so then you send back he sends it back to you maybe one of the sounds still doesn't sound right so there's a lot of back and forth with it so it takes forever so i started doing more and more each year and this year when his thing broke down i was like oh well that's a pain because i've got so much else to do for this play but I can do this. So I just started to work, and, and I knew exactly where to get what and how to time things and uh, how to use the fade-in, fade-out, And which sounds very basic, but there's other effects which you need, really, to make something sound more distant or whatever, whatever else. I would have struggled, like, anything with that, especially the first year. But yeah, third play in, it's like, yep, fine, okay. It's I hope your PC is okay. I better get to work, though. Mm. So I knocked four scenes out in one night. I admittedly didn't get much sleep that night, but I got everything finished off because uh, while you're doing the special effects, you're also waiting, your music guy's waiting for that scene to add the music to. So there's a lot of pressure on every stage. Uh, And that's the thing I think I did best this year after three uh, plays is that you just don't panic as much. You know, if something goes wrong, you go, right, we've got to, how, how do I solve this? Not, Am I going to worry about this? It's like, right, I've got two weeks to do, three weeks' worth of work. How do I get that done? Mm -hmm. And how do I keep everyone working? So, like, when I'm editing the play together after it comes out from the studio and picking versions of the performances and all this, I know the effects guy is waiting to start, and I know the music guy is waiting to start after we've both done our bits. And you can't really send a blank version to the music guy because the time will be out without special effects because mm-hmm. that can push things or pull things here and there so it's uh it's really about time managing and not panicking when shit goes wrong because inevitably stuff's going to change
2: yeah i mean that's kind of interesting because like you said just because you're dead with the just before what it needs and in the process, you're always going to learn something. Otherwise, you're kind of doing something very, very wrong in whatever creative feed you're doing if you don't pick a little bit up from the left or the right side from what the other parts do.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to, like, say, when I'm doing the effects, I don't want them to sound different from an effect which was used earlier on in the play. So I have to be very mindful of how that sounds. So, you know, I, when I'm looking up a special effect, I have to think, was that used earlier in the play? And is my effect going to match the one from earlier? Or does it need to? Or is this in, say, if it's a door, is it a door in the same room? Like, uh, it's, it's it's all shit like that. I mean, I was ready even that if something went wrong with the music or um, say, like, something hands to my music guy I fell ill or whatever, I was ready. It's like, right, where would I find rights-free music at a drop of a hat? So I'd look some stuff up on YouTube. So you kind of try and just be ready for every kind of contingency.
2: And how sick are you of that whole play by now? I mean, it's almost done. You, I mean, because it sounds like it, you kind of had to listen to every bit about, I don't know, 238 times.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I've listened to this play front and back, section by section, so many times. Uh, and, and the thing is, you sort of go past where you get tired of it, where you're like, where it starts coming together and you listen to it back with the music so essentially I send it to the music guy in three chunks so each time I get a chunk back with the music it's like oh this is how it should sound and suddenly it becomes new again because you've got that music against it and scenes which were like you know you listen to it without anything added but it's just the performances and to begin with that's awesome but then that sounds tired and you also realize how it doesn't feel complete because it hasn't got any effects or anything. Then you add the effects, and it's like, oh, geez, that that sounds a bit more like a real thing. Then you add the music, and it's like, wow, that seems alive. So when you kind of get to the final stage, it, it becomes interesting again, and you kind of get really excited because you're so close to putting everything together. It's like making a jigsaw, and you're finally getting there. You know, you're midway through any jigsaw i get pissed off with it i want to throw it across the room but when it's just a few pieces away you know you're going to complete the jigsaw you know it's going to be finished you get excited about it again you just pop that extra little, last little bit in place and you're going ah i've created and that's great right. and, you, um, and, you and you just hope kind
2: of, and you just hope that not a you know, puzzle piece over the week where you puzzle it kind of fell under the
3: sofa or so Well, exactly. That's sort of when the uh, uh, effects guy's PC breaks down. (laughs) Exactly. Shit, I have to weld together a new piece of jigsaw.
2: Yeah, you have to find it. And I know
3: jigsaws don't include welding before anyone says it.
2: (laughs) Just you with a piece of cardboard and, you know, some markers,
3: Scissors, yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It is fun when things go wrong. Um, But, yeah, I mean, again, it's now the 7th and it's out on the 20th. So 13 days, and I'm still putting stuff together. Which How much percent? Usually I get
2: a lot more complete by now. How much percent do you think is done?
3: Oh, I mean, 90 easily. It's just the music's getting added to the last third. Then I just need to add that to the other two thirds, which I've already got put together. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I've just got a few bits for the extras to put together. So, like, this year I've included the – Bit from Babylon, I've included in the extras. Wow. Uh, there's mount takes. There's a ten fun facts about kind of uh, about the play. So stuff which I found quite interesting, which hopefully people will do, uh, and about how it all came together. Um, so for instance, to give one away, there, I started uh, getting the cameos for it in March, and I started writing it in January, mm-hmm. and now on December the seventh, I'm still working on this ship. and uh, like, and I only got one the. Uh, actors who did a cameo uh, last month, you know, the end of last month. So it really shows you how you're always kind of doing stuff for it here and there. There's obviously a more intense period, but um, so yeah, anyway, so that's the extras and stuff as well.
2: I know you didn't plan for it, but you know what? I kind of grabbed another file from your PC and I thought I'm going to play a little clip from it.
3: Oh, wow. Have you got the clip? I mean, I, I'm just guessing, but I'm imagining this will be a clip where uh, one of the doctors previous friends which he's met on one of the other audio adventures I wrote is on a chat show called Lewis who's having a festive special and he's chatting to Lewis and then suddenly a noise comes from the distance and maybe a certain uh, person pops up and maybe on this talk show you might hear the voices of Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith I think you should try to to become a psychic or so because that's exactly what it is wow well,
2: I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm, I'm speechless you know what I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to start it up. I, I'm I'm taking away a bit, Ed.
0: Please welcome Sir Roger Ainley. Thank you, Lewis. Such a pleasure to be here, and congratulations on the new show. Oh, thank you, Sir Roger. Please call me Ainley. All my friends do, and I feel like we are old friends. Well, if you insist,
1: Ainley. We are so excited about your new book. Mr Mystery, Trapped in Time, the much anticipated sequel to the heartbreaking Mr Mystery, Lost at Christmas. But, before we get on to that, it's been a lot of change for you over the past two years since leaving office under what we may say somewhat of an unusual circumstance. You launched the first book and things have just taken off for you in this new career.
0: Well yes. After leaving politics and becoming an author, I felt a freedom I never had. I was so pleased with the first book. And as you know, it was partly based on an incredible man we both met that Christmas.
1: Incredible.
0: Ruined your press conference and my news reports. Well, quite. But he turned out to be an amazing man. And helped save the day in a way very few will ever know. It's strange how a man and his friend can walk into your life, turn it upside down, Then be gone the next.
1: Well, we've all dated a few men like that. I know I have in my time.
0: (laughs) Here I am, talking about how a man changed my life. Don't let my husband know I said that. I wasn't talking about him. What the hell? Wow, man, I gotta stay away from new strains before I record interviews because I'm seeing a blue box appear. Yeah, can someone get me another Jack Daniels? Ah, Ainley, there you are.
1: Doctor? Doctor? I think I could do with a Doctor too, love. Lewis Walsh, I'm a huge
3: fan. I love the special you did with Brittany.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
3: How's your husband? Hughie, isn't it?
1: Husband? Hughie, my announcer? He's a happily married
3: man. He is? Oh, right, of course, this is 2017. That doesn't happen till next year. Forget I said anything. But... Right, Amy, come along. We're going on a trip. My word, Doctor. Is that really you? Yes, it's me. I'm wearing the same face and everything. But where are you going? And how on earth did that box disappear here? We are going to the Plant Olak. as for the box appearing, well, let me take care of that. Just interview your next guest. I'll have Amy back before your first ad break. We are on BBC One. We don't do ads. You know what I mean. Come along, Amy.
0: Well, this is awkward. Next up is Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. And if my wife is watching, we may need to talk. Well, wow. What is to do?
2: Yeah, that was, of course, a nice clip. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, and uh, as you may have guessed, probably me, mind me along to every line. I'm, I may be very familiar with the script by now.
2: Yeah, it was kind of amusing. Like I kind of kept an eye on like how long is the clip. So, And then the whole time, I just see you basically playing it out in, in person on the other end of the line.
3: Yeah, the most fun about that is... Uh, The uh, characters of uh, Lewis, uh, played by Lewis Mainwaring, and uh, Ben Gummery, who plays uh, Huey, his announcer, uh, Huey Green. They have been in each play, those characters. I just made it a bit of fun, really. The first play, they were a newsreader and a weatherman. Then the next one, uh, Huey was a newsreader in the studio, and Lewis was doing uh, a field report. And so I thought, by the third one, like, Lewis has got his own talk show and Huey's joined him as his announcer and secretly they've had this like romance as well. So uh, it, it, it was kind of like just a bit of a game in my head but I thought it would be really fun to have them ending up as a couple by the end of it.
2: I mean, it's a natural progression and uh, of course why not have this little side storyline of what kind of continues over all the place.
3: Yeah, and I like the Doctor just being an idiot and just crashing into things and going, oh cool, who's your, how's your husband? He hasn't come out yet. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that that does play out a bit as well. We don't just leave it so that he's um, had them come out and uh, not had any conversation about that because the doctor doesn't do that kind of shenanigans, really. But uh, so, um, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, that that was kind of quite a fun one to do as well. It's always fun to get uh, Lewis and uh, Ben to do bits because they do the features on my podcast, so I like having them involved.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think people like hearing from them, so why not use them?
3: Oh, the other thing which I didn't mention, which is really fun this year, it's the first year which I've done a, a a kind of cliffhanger in the middle, so it's all done as one play. It all comes out on the same day, so don't worry, you don't have to wait for a part two. But there's a kind of midway point where you get well, it's a bit after the midway point, you get a kind of cliffhanger where something dramatic happens.
2: So that like kind mission,
3: a kind of end end credit sting. You get this little uh, message about the charity from another one of our celebrities uh, called Katie Manning, who's won the Doctor's Companion in the third Doctor's time in Doctor Who, and then you go back into the play. So there's a little kind of uh, break in the middle just to kind of add that drama. And Doctor Who's always been quite famous for it. It it, you like traditionally used to have like four parts or even more sometimes. Uh, nowadays, it's just one 50 minute episode, but it used to have these kind of cliffhangers, which the doctor would be in some sort of peril or his companion, or there'd be something that's happening, usually putting their lives in danger. And so you'd cut it at the end and then you'd go back into it next week. So I want to kind of recreate that, but with it happening again straight away.
2: But yet, when the doctor is about to bash somebody's head into the stone, there was no cliffhanger. They would have totally played that out. <laughs>
3: Well, that's – yeah, that was the early days of Dog Who when he used to uh, – yeah, where – for anyone who doesn't know, there's a scene in the first uh, ever adventure of Dog Who where he picks up a stone and this caveman's got a bad leg and he's slowing the party down. So while the Doctor doesn't think anyone's watching, he picks up the stone clearly to bash his brains out so he wouldn't slow him down anymore. And it's only because one of his companions sees him and goes, what are you doing? He goes, oh, nothing, and just checks the stone away.
2: Yeah, I got it, the – It is – I had the pleasure to watch it, but yeah.
3: It is one of the most kind of, by, by our standards now for Doctor Who, it's so bizarre to watch. But back then, they, you know, they were just discovering the character, really. They very quickly went away from anything like that. But I think, think it kind of uh, says something about the character, that before he had anyone in his life, when he was just adventuring on his own, you know, maybe he was more capable of some crazier shit.
2: When there were less repercussions for his actions. He just did what he thought was the logical pro- progression that he can fulfill that current mission.
3: And maybe he didn't start off like that. Maybe when he started exploring, he was a little more uh, moral. He traveled on his own for so long, he's made up his rules so much and that he kind of went off the rocks a bit. And then he needed some people in his life to stop that.
2: I mean, we all talked at some point to ourselves when we were long enough not around any people. You know, you kind of get nuts if you're too long in isolation.
3: Yeah, maybe that's that. So, so it's kind of like now it's very interesting to sort of back right why, why he might have been like that at the time because they've, they've done it in kind of Modern Dog where he's been traveling and he hasn't got any companions for a while and kind of they've hinted that that's not a very safe thing for the dog to be on his own for too long. He needs people around him. And I like the fact that that kind of makes sense of that as well.
2: Yeah, I like it definitely too.
3: Yeah, it's cool so uh, so that is the play i mean i've I, I digged around but i really do appreciate you letting me talk about it i really hope everyone will listen we put a lot of hard work into it this is by far and away the most man hours that's gone into one of these plates just for the size of the cast this year alone is the most man hours but also the amount of time everyone's put in previously we've only done a few rehearsals this year we want to put our time in like previously there's stuff which i sort of had to let go time wise to uh like maybe just one effect wasn't quite right maybe one of the recording audio recordings didn't sound quite up to snuff because where the cameos are done by celebrities they send them in so maybe they haven't sounded perfect i've had to go with it this year i put my time to make sure everything like you know no matter what you think of it this is how i wanted it to sound really I don't think there's very much which I can point to in this one and go, if only I could go back and tweak that. I'm really quite proud of this one. Uh, Even more so in previous years. I liked the previous two but I think this kind of uh, is just that little bit more professional and we've just been able to really finish it. So so thank you for letting me talk about it at such great length and I'm sorry for boring your listener or two to tears.
2: (laughs) No, I think they're not bored by that because I I think a lot of our listeners are Doctor Who fans and they are, well, they are generous people. They like to give and to help. So, And, well, you're a long-time friend and you're always welcome on the show Like to talk about things like that because it's, in the end, it's for a good cause. So. I yeah, mean thank
3: you. And, and if nothing else, it's just uh, people have given a The amount of celebrities who just... Just because I've written them going, I'm doing this thing, it's for charity, and they've gone, cool, have some of my time. Like, you know, I can't imagine how many requests King Smith must get on a daily basis, let alone on a weekly or yearly. Yeah. And uh, he's just so generous with his time. So just just for that, just listen, you know.
2: And also because of the – Free to
3: download. Yeah.
2: And also because of, well, for what cause it goes. I mean, like, well, stuff in, like, countries like the UK and Germany and America gotten pretty much better if you're in the LGBT community. I mean, compared to how it is, like, how it was, like, 20 years ago or 25 years ago. As an example, I wanted to dye my hair black when I was a teenager. My father thought this is gay and did not allow me to. I'm just saying, like, I mean, a lot of steps because a lot of people spoken out, put money and time into, like, educating people, get the society to be more accepting, and that's work that needs to be done in different places as well. That are not yet at that point where we are yet here.
3: And the interesting thing, which a lot of people brought up, is that hey, you've got to be so careful, and you've got to support charities like this and people who are fighting for even more equality, because people can take your rights away like that, unfortunately. Mm. And as there's in America, we've seen horrific backslides in LGBT rights mm. uh, and things like the hateful bathroom bills. And all this uh, hateful stuff, which is being done in the president's name at the moment, if not directly by the president, wow. certainly by his cabinet. And you just see how quickly it can all go tits up and things can go wrong and rights can be denied people who that have been given to them. Unfortunately, progress isn't as straight a line as we like to think. It, it, it goes up and down and it goes wow. sideways and the best way to keep it on in the right direction is by supporting charities like this. I actually attended an event called um, Who's Queer Now, which is a Doctor Who uh, uh, LGBT event, uh, raised, run by Stonewall, actually in Wales, the, the now home of Doctor Who, oh. and uh, they talked a lot about this. There's so many people behind the seat. Again, when I talk about like what the Doctor Who, commu- what the uh, uh, LGBT community has given to me. Doctor Who, one of the people who was there, was the first ever director of Doctor Who, who is a gay Asian guy, who apparently it's not cool to call Gaysian. Apparently, that's not cool. <laughs> uh, no, I joke. But no, seriously, he was there. He is a legend. It was him, uh, the producer, who was a woman, and a Canadian uh, uh, commissioning editor of the BBC who launched Doctor Who. So, like, someone from another country, a woman, and a gay Asian guy. Launched Doctor Who. Now if it wasn't for, uh, I mean, he, he was in the closet at the time. He couldn't speak openly about who he was,
2: mm.
3: but it wasn't for the gay community. They've, they've always said it was those three. If like it wasn't for one of them, Doctor Who would have happened. It certainly wouldn't have been what it was. Mm. And uh, so one third of my favorite show, one of the three people who made it happen uh, was from the gay community and uh, and I don't mean that very tokenistically i'm i seriously mean that 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 means so much that hits me on such a deep level that the show which has meant so much to me and and given so much to me might not have existed if um if something happened to him or if he hadn't uh have managed to get through that horrific time when gay rights were nothing
2: yeah where he, well, he most could be arrested likely, for it yeah where he most likely would have never gotten even in the near of being able to Partake in such a project, or even would have had the peace of mind to be able to think something up like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, just just imagine if he like had been uh, arrested for homosexuality, he could have been imprisoned. Uh, he could have been chemically castrated at the time, and uh, just just to think, like that, that could have really that could have in my life. I know it sounds weird when I'm talking about a TV show, and this TV show that's meant so much to me and did change my and the amount of friendships and people I've met as a result of this TV show, the effect on my life is incalculable from that TV show not existing.
2: I mean, just just the millions and millions of friendships that this show produced over the years. I mean, it's the sci-fi show over the whole world, and just how much pleasure it given people, how many people it brought together, how many different creative projects it spawned due to its nature of being this wacky, unique
3: thing. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's it's you even get dickheads today who want to speak out about a female Doctor or a gay storylines in Doctor Who, and it's like, look, twat face, if it wasn't for the gay community, this TV show wouldn't be what it was. Like, you know, um, the way it's shot and uh, that original de- directorial vision which was a major part of it being launched. Uh, if, if a gay guy wasn't allowed to be part of it, that that, that wouldn't have been that. You wouldn't have done it. Yeah,
2: and what's the problem with a female doctor? I mean, I read on the Let's not start
3: on that one. I've had this conversation so much. I, can't, I just can't do it again. I can't, Brad. I feel like I've been in the trenches. I'm, I'm starting to have Nam style <laughs> flashbacks to conversations about this. I feel uh, you, like you, you hear the
2: TARDIS in the background coming over the hill.
3: Um, I'm just oh fuck's sake! Just it's uh, the Doctor I don't give a shit. I don't care. She, she's going to be great, or she's not. Like I mean, she's just an actor taking on a role. I don't know. She's going to be great. Okay. I know. I've liked her in other things. I know she's a good actor. She might suck in this. I, I there's no saying that, that a new actor in a new role like this. I kind of doubt. Suck. It. I
2: kind of doubt that. Anyone this could. Will. I kind of doubt but, that this
3: will happen because with every new Doctor,
2: you go first like. Uh, I don't know, because like, you get so used and attached to the old doctor, but then you know it takes a few episodes and you're in. That's how well, I'm it just saying though,
3: she could suck, but the reason she's going to suck isn't because she's got ovaries and tits. That's not going to be the reason. I've got tits. It doesn't mean I suck. I suck for many different reasons, but not because I've got man tits.
2: Okay, can you put them now back in? I mean, I, I would have taken your word for it. You.
3: you just send me a PM going, get them out for the lads, and now they're <laughs> going back in. Fine. <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the commitment with the sound effect.
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> you, you got really lucky, actually. I'm wearing with Zip <laughs> on it. So yeah. that was- <laughs> we really um, lucked out on the Foley there.
2: And it's especially good when you point it out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, come on. Look, look, how happy a coincidence was that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And hmm, what was the date
2: again for that play?
3: I mean, I don't remember. I think it might have been Wednesday, the 20th of December, uh, being launched on com. Please subscribe now to Podcast and you'll get it automatically. Uh, also, this year for the first time, which is actually really exciting, it's going on YouTube. There won't be any visuals, but like we'll have the poster which has been done, which is, by the way, again, I'm sorry, I just have to praise people who've done such amazing work, but uh, the guy called Dave Ladkin who's done our poster every year has outdone himself he looks so spectacular he's made uh joy who plays uh, president wash he's made her into an alien like she she's red-faced with a symbol on her head and it looks pimp i i did a version of it and it looked okay and i sent it to dave and he goes oh that's great can can i just tweak it And i'm going please look you're the guy who does this kind of thing and he goes, when he says tweak it, he means make it look really good. <laughs> and it looked amazing. And uh, so that's what you'll see. If you go on YouTube, you'll see that alongside the audio.
2: So basically he clicked on your picture, dragged it over to the trash can and started over.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I will give
3: Slicy myself tree. the credit. I will give myself the credit that, again, the first year, I wouldn't have known how to do any of that. But now I can cut out an image from background and I can uh, affect the hue to the fact that she was a red-faced woman, and it did uh, look okay. He made it look amazing. (coughs) And, like, I I made a symbol on her head, which, again, it would have done. He did one which looked amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I I will give myself the credit. that In a pinch, I could have done that, which actually does make me feel pretty good. Yeah, of course. But he does something more stunning. Like, if you look at, like, if you go onto YouTube now, you can see the trailer, and that's uh, got the, that picture alongside it. Or we'll go to the Gala Face Dance Facebook group. And um, he has done such a spectacular job. It just, it, it looks, it, it looks easily like a professional job.
2: You know what? Um, tell the people the name of the first two plays and the people should listen to it. And if you like what you're hearing, even if the plays were for the, in that moment, not for the current charity, Go to the current charity and give also awesome if you just like the two original plays before.
3: Sure, uh, Doctor Who The Time Trap, uh, which is I remember this one for some reason I always remember this. It's between episode eighty nine and ninety of the podcast, so it goes from the feed, but it's between those two episodes. But I, I don't I don't number the plays just because they feel like their own thing. And then the other one is Doctor Who Death at Christmas. Uh, which I don't remember which episodes it between. but, but with, I think it's somewhere around 140 or something like that. Uh, and it's between two other episodes. But um, but with that title, yeah. you will find it. Yeah. And I have just, uh, if you go onto Facebook actually today, uh, as this is being recorded on Wednesday, the 7th of December, I don't know when it's going to be podcasted, but if you look at the Facebook, or sorry, the uh, Twitter, the Gallifrey stands for the 7th. I uh, put it up for uh throwback Thursday, so uh, you, you can see a link to the first one, The Time Trap, and I'll be doing the same with Death at Christmas next week.
2: So, folks, definitely check it out, and if you like it, give it to the, well, give whatever you can to the new, you know, charity, and the link is? Uh,
3: Justgiving.com forward slash the unsaved planet. And it all goes to Stonewall. It's just, uh, I set up Just Giving so I can monitor how much we're raising. Mm. And uh, I can tell the wonderful cast and celebrities who've done cameos this is how much we managed to raise thanks to your generosity of time and your great performances.
2: Any last words before the outro? Anything to plan? Um,
3: well, actually, um, there was another uh, fantastic uh, event. Uh, uh, The Royal Air Force over here, which are the people in the military who do flying, you know, fly the planes. uh, That's what uh, pilots do. Sorry?
2: Yeah, that's what pilots do, right? They fly them. Yeah, the
3: Royal Air Force, (laughs) they've got a new range of candles out, which they're selling for charity. If uh, you want to hear any more about it or if you want to talk about it, please uh, write someone on Twitter and just use the hashtag RAFsmells. So that's hashtag rough smells. <laughs>
2: I was just waiting for that.
3: In the future,
2: humans create AI. Three days later, they have sex with it. Gigahose is a robot sex comedy with what's been called a South Park level of shock value. Creators Adam Lash and Kevin Gilligan take their concept in smart, surprising directions. It's been described as pure genius with a real clerks-like charm. Catch season one now at youtube.com slash gigahose. Let's just get right into it, because I'm not gonna lie, it's been a rough weekend. I don't feel good, there, there's no other way to put it. Looks like it's all still gone to hell. So everybody's talking about horse cock, so we're
1: not going to. It's all I got to fucking say about it. Like I have been busy, I
2: I feel like horsecock, okay. Friday night I had to, had to, had to stay up late drinking horsecock. I didn't want to, you see, but I had to, had to. Uh, Saturday I had to, uh, I had to go to a movie with the wife. Um, had to, you know, go for dinner, do stuff, and then today we had to go on a little road trip.
0: Had to. That's fine. And I also said horsecock. Listen to available in ADHD at johnnywhitetrash.com.
2: also known as the silent stinger.
3: Well, I don't know. It's your <laughs> stinger. You can at least start it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of...
3: my performing monkey?
2: I just started the stinger. For a I didn't even think about what I'm going to do for the stinger. So.
3: <laughs> I love that you pause the music and you just say nothing. And then you go, well, come on then, squeeze. It's so, Jesus Christ. It's, it's not my
2: show. <laughs> and it's not like that is the first time that I did that to you.
3: No, you, you do this all the time. You go and you just, just start smoking your pipe and going, it's like, uh, what's well, is no one else going to say anything. It's like It's your it's your show. It is literally your show.
2: So we know us for that long time and you still can't read my mind. I'm kind of a bit disappointed about it, I must say.
3: Well, no, I actually did develop uh, the ability to read your mind and I opted not to because <laughs> I, I don't want to go in there. Yeah, you saw what's in there. Like, nope, I'm
2: out. Yes. I'm out, yeah. Yeah, just close the door. Not even thrown away the key, not broke the key. Thrown it yeah. into melting pot. This is done.
3: I mean, it's weird. It was like the New York, New York trials on loop in there. I mean, <laughs> geez, Jesus, just like it saved your favorites up there. <laughs> weird.
2: Jesus Christ. Not
3: cool, that. not cool. No,
2: not good. Not good. Ah, but ah, one thing did you hear that Brian Singer got fired was Brian Singer from the
3: Freddie Mercury movie. Yeah. Uh, for uh, well, I mean, he said that he was ill, mm. and then they said, "Yeah, he have not been so much showing up a lot, and uh, he, he he didn't so much get on with uh, Malik, who's uh, Remy Malik, is it?
2: Yeah, from Mr. Robert.
3: Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, it does start to sound as if he didn't get on with the main star. He then stopped showing up, and then they fired him. That." I mean, I might be completely wrong, but that's what it's kind of sounding like. And he's going, uh, "No, I was very ill." Mm-hmm. Well, for me,
2: I know it's not going to be the the Freddy movie I wanted.
3: I again, I don't know. Like, it's it's uh, it's not great that it's had so many different directors, had so many different delays, had so many change of cast and everything, but. Uh, you never know what can end up coming out. It's a, they could get a director on it who's perfect. And
2: I, I, I think I'm more worried when I hear it at some point that they, that it's not going to be completely Freddy in the sense that it's not going to be like Why did they want to make it more family-friendly? Let's say it that way.
3: I don't know. I mean, if they made it family-friendly, you can't tell the, the Freddie Mercury story.
2: That's what I mean. And I, I would have loved to see Sasha Cohen there.
3: That was the Russian right. Baron going Yeah, I
2: always mix the last two up. Yeah, I would have loved to see him in that. It would have been amazing.
3: I mean, to be honest with you, the reason why they fired him makes me kind of glad they did because they were saying it's like, oh, he just wanted to make it like really over the top. He wanted to be. It sounds like he was trying to like. Uh, I'm sorry. Given his previous characters.
2: No, I. I when he, they
3: say that he was trying to be a bit too wacky with it, my fear is he would try and bore it up.
2: Nah, I. I would have not been worried about that with him. I think he knows the nuance in there. I think it was more that he pushed for more more authentic.
3: I mean, I don't know that. I've not heard that it was about authenticity. And he is a fantastic actor. Don't get me wrong. And I think those characters are genius. Ali G Borat, um, any of them, they're fantastic. He is he's a wonderful actor. But at the same time, I'm um, yeah, it it gave me concern when they were saying it's like, yep. It's because he was uh, trying to go in a different vision to what we had. It's Yeah. All I could think of was, I was trying to brighten it up. Yeah,
2: that never crossed my mind.
3: I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, by the way, before we do go, I did want to uh, just um, say hi to Kitty. Hope you're doing well. And sorry, I'm realizing I'm talking to you and my hand is going out like this in a kind of salute. That's a bit worrying. But uh, Kitty hello, I hope I'm doing okay, and if you listen to this, please um, yeah, just drop me a line and say hi. Well, I have been talking to him, but it's just um yeah, we miss him. We miss the kitty. We always miss the kitty. Any,
2: yeah. any last plugs? Again, like when was the play again, and where can they
3: find you? And Ooh, I mean, uh, I think it was uh, December the 20th, <laughs> which is a Wednesday, GallifreyStandsPodcast.com, which you can also find me at uh, @adultsquee, at Squee. Um, uh, also at Dr. Squee on Twitter and, and on Instagram. There's a Facebook page for the Gallop Baselines podcast and a group. Group's the main one you want to head up because that's where we have the conversations and everything. And uh, the play will also be available on YouTube.
2: And a charity is
3: Stonewall. Oh, thank you. Sorry, jeez. Stonewall. Justgiven.com forward slash the unsafe planet we want to uh, easily beat 400 pounds this year
2: thank you for joining us
3: hi i'm dr squee and i'm here to tell you about my podcast gallifrey stands each week i am my canine co-host dotty who talk to stars from dog Who and some other sci-fi greats we've talked to such stars as seventh doctor sylvester mccoy sixth doctor colin baker fifth doctor Peter Davidson, we've spoken to companions Sophie Aldred, Noel Clarke and Peter Purvis along with lots more. Plus from Star Wars we've spoken to Darth Vader himself, David Prowse, and Darth Maul played by Ray Parks. We've also done a Star Trek special and we've recorded two Doctor Who full cast audio dramas in support of charity. And we provide you the inside scoop on sci-fi conventions both here in the UK and throughout the world through our contributors. It's all free in around 150 episodes of Doctor Who Love. Check it out today on iTunes, Stitcher, the Tangent Bound Network, the EMC Network, and at GallifreyStandsPodcast.com. Thank you. And Gallifrey stands.